Welcome back to the Fit Minute Podcast, fitness for real people, with your host, Gabrielle Mazar. Gabrielle Mazar. On this week's episode, Gabrielle interviews Faust Ruggiero, author of the Fix Yourself Handbook. With almost 40 years' experience as a clinical therapist working with deaf children in prisons, nursing homes, substance abuse centers, inpatient facilities, and in private practice, he took what he learned and created his handbook to help anyone looking to take steps to fix whatever areas need to be improved. And now here's your host, personal trainer and stretch therapist, Gabrielle Mazar. Welcome back to the Fit Minute Podcast, Fitness for Really People. I'm your host, Gabby Mazar, and on today's episode, we have Faust Ruggiero, the author of the Fix Yourself Handbook. He's a published author, clinical trainer, and therapist, and he has worked with deaf children in prisons, nursing homes, substance abuse centers, uh, inpatient facilities, and much more. So welcome to the show today. Thanks so much for inviting me. It's a pleasure to be with you today. Yeah. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and a little bit about the history of you and you as a clinical trainer and therapist? You know, that goes way back. You know, I'm the, I always say this when I, when I do interviews. I was a kid that everybody came to to, uh, to talk to, and these are my problems, and I guess I'm just a good listener. And that developed into wanting to do that as I got older. You know, you get a lot of reinforcement. Hey, gee, you're good at this kind of thing. Um went to college and and when I went through undergrad and came to graduate school, you know, I thought to myself, everyone either goes into normal development, abnormal development, whatever. And, and I thought, what if I mix those, that, that, those curriculums? And uh, so that I had a real good understanding of what normal development was all about, then get into the clinical psychology part of it. So I did that. I uh, did some research things. And um, when I came out of graduate school, I kind of continued the philosophy and said, well, I don't want to be one dimensional in what I do. So I started to do different things, um, nursing homes, prisons, centers for deaf kids, uh, drug and alcohol facilities, uh, you know, all different kinds of, uh, kinds of places because I wanted to have that diversification. So when people uh, came to me, I had a whole lot to draw on. So by the time I got to private practice, um, then I was seeing all different kinds of people. And since that time, and I've, you know, I've, I've done all the usual things, you know, individual family marriage, you know, that kind of stuff, but a lot of substance abuse came in, then first responders and police and veterans were coming in. Then for whatever reason, I saw a few women who were abused and that opened up and it actually became a specialty uh, for me. So, you know, it, it's just been a lot of different kinds of people. And if I was going to do it right, I went right back to the education and said, okay, let's put together a program and stop doing all this formal stuff or stop flying by the seat of my pants. Let's really do something that uh, we can uh, can apply to anyone that comes in the office. And that's where the process way of life came in. And then the book, the Fix Yourself Handbook that followed. Well, you have to you have to imagine it comes kind of full circle and there's kind of a common denominator in all of it. There's even though there's so many different factors in all of the things and there's there's a common denominator in all of the things that can help you basically fix yourself, right? Uh, in in therapy or in clinical therapy and uh, obviously with the fix yourself handbook, there's 36 chapters. So you're going through all these different steps to work your way through all the different steps to do the things that need to work, work your way through helping yourself, right? 
Yeah, you know, and, and that's really when when you think about it, that's what a counseling session is all uh, a counseling experience is all about. You come in and say, I'm depressed, I'm anxious, I'm this, I'm that, whatever it may be. Uh, and then as we start getting into the process, we're turning over all these stones, and then it's okay, well, you're not taking care of yourself here. You're making some bad choices there. Uh, and 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 there are some real basic things I tell people. They come in with all these uh, so-called mental things. I said, well, you know, let's start with your body because you really do need to start there. That's where I start everything. Uh, let, let's make sure you're doing the right things uh, to keep you healthy. Are you doing? Are, are you overusing substances? Are you are you accelerants? Do you have the twelve cups of coffee every day? And then say, I can't. I don't understand where this anxiety is coming from. <laughs> so, yeah, yes, you do. <laughs> you know. So. You know, we start there and then we move through intellectual things and emotional things and uh, learn how to, uh, you know, decipher information, put facts together, uh, get, get an approach that that's goal oriented. And, and, you know, and I tell people you can, you know, work with any approach in the world, uh, but there's no fix yourself in 10 easy steps. And all the acronyms are wonderful and they sell things. But the bottom line is you put together a program you are willing to stick to. You do it every single day of your life because that's when you're alive and then it works. You know, so what I put together is for anyone. If you do it every day, you're going to be happy. Yeah, well, it's it's kind of the same thing with any routine you do. It's and I say this a lot and I said it probably 100 times on all my podcasts is you do you have your routines that you do every single day. And there are habits that you try to break because they're bad habits and, you know, like drinking 12 cups of coffee. And I can't figure out why I'm anxious and my, why my heart's racing. Well, I'm drinking 12 cups of coffee every single day. Okay, well, that's number one. Let's start there. But or I, I don't know why I'm not losing weight or I don't know why I'm whatever it is. And it, some of them are not conscious things that you're doing, but they're things that you started doing when you were five or 10 and you've been doing them your entire life so there are habits that you have to break or rituals that you're doing every single day so you're trying to retrain your brain to do different rituals and do them every single day because that's what you have to do to fix yourself right <laughs> yes it is and you hit it right on the head i, I tell again back to telling people how you, know, you try to explain these things so people can understand it you know, you're retraining the brain. You are you are giving your brain some time to learn. Learning is a function of repetition over time, really is what you just said. And if you're willing to do that, then the other thing that you said happens. It becomes normalized. Like when you're a little kid and you never question it, you know, there's a, the brain likes to be on what I call autopilot. Let me do everything I want to do with the least amount of thought and effort, and hopefully I'm going to be happy, which is a prescription for disaster. So, you know, and, and it doesn't matter how much learning, how, what, how, how far you go in life, the brain still wants to do that. Those are comfort zones. That's what creates them. So how do you break that? You question things. You keep it, you keep it in the front part of your brain, you know, and you, and you don't let things just uh, be routine every day. I tell people change stupid little things you used to do it in this sequence change it through just throw some change so your brain stays active it's not on autopilot when you're doing that you have to because you changed it you must gather information and when you gather the information you'll make different choices and that's the other part about autopilot you don't make choices because that's what you're trying to stay away from 
oh, I don't want it, all this effort. Those choices actually become fun to make once you learn how to do it and realize that they work for you. That's, that's a funny thing that you mentioned. Something that I learned in college, I can't remember where I learned it or, or who said, who probably one of my professors, but they mentioned something about when you, uh, routines and the things that you do every single day. And one thing that they said was you come into class and you sit in the same seat every day. And it, that resonated so much with me that I never park in the same spot. I never sit in the same seat. I never go to the same, I don't go to the same places every day or I try I try and do something different every day. And it it's very, it's something so minute, but it's something that changes your r routine every single day. And I, I don't know why, but it, it really, really resonated with me because it's so true because you're doing the same thing. And, and it, I thought about it. I'm like, you're right. I sit in the exact same seat every single time I come to class. And I, I tried really hard to change that because it's something that we just do because you're on autopilot. You're on autopilot and it becomes a protective way of living. I don't get challenged. I know when I go in there, I'm going to sit there. Now, people, I, it was a joke. It, it, you know, you can see how I am uh, as I'm talking to you. I'm kind of this way in counseling too. It's a little higher energy. It's let's have fun doing this because if you're going to come in and go, all right, go to counseling again. I know you, you know it's going to be hard on you and me. So I, I, I want to. I so people will come in and they'll sit in the same chair. And it, when I do uh, marriage counseling, you know, someone will say. I'm not sitting in that chair because, you know, he was really going at me. You know, I, I always sit in the same one and I say, well, too bad because I switched the chairs before you came in, you know, <laughs> and, and and then they start to see that and they actually will then come in and they'll, where do you want to sit this week? Well, I think I'll grab that one. And in my office, there's a rocking chair and there are two chairs and there's a sofa. I mean, they can really have their pick. And, and then I find people starting to do things different. It seems very small but it's actually very big because it's not, the change was small, but it doesn't matter whether it's a huge change or a small change, it's an engaged brain that is saying, I am gonna think, make a decision. I'm gonna make a decision. I, I walk into doctor's waiting room. I'm going to, where should I sit? You know, I sat there last time. I think I'll sit over here this time. Uh, maybe, you know, there'll be different people to talk to, whatever it may be. You know, I'll take a different way to get to the appointment, whatever it may be. It's just engaging your brain. And, you, you know, you can do it these ways or you can actually decide, you know what, regardless of what I do, I'm going to think and make a choice. That's if you can start there, everything in your life will change. Yeah. Something so small, something so small seems so simple, but. But it really does. It makes a big difference because it's hard to make that decision. You're like, oh, that's my spot. You know? <laughs> yeah, it is. You know, and, and when you start doing that, then you start looking at information. And that's where, you know, I, I, it, when I, I, I present that, let, let's start moving some things around. But then I say, we're going to get into that first step. And that's the one, you know, you're looking at the book is called Brutal Honesty. It is the hardest thing to do because you're going to go inside and say, that doesn't work. I don't like that. And then you're going to start getting honest with yourself and stop uh, using defenses and intellectualizing silly behaviors like 12 cups of coffee. Uh, <laughs> you know, you're going to stop doing all those things. Um, 
and, and people will say, great, I'm going to go in and find all that ugliness. And I'm going to say, no, when you use brutal honesty, you're going to unpack the garage and find all the beauty that's in the back end that you never saw because you can't go that far anymore. Um, you're going to make a choice just to look at information. No information's bad or good. It's just information. Yeah. Our, our emotions are what make it bad or good. Right. You know, and I said, if you look at factual information, use factual information. Now, the second part, you know, that that would first part is we're going to make choices. The second part is I'm going to get the right information to make those choices. And I have to be honest with myself. Otherwise, I'm going to decide what I want before I get there. I'm going to make a choice and then I'm going to try to uh, defend that silly choice with whatever tools I use to defend it. Yeah, exactly. It's just a vicious circle. Yeah. So tell me exactly what the Fix Yourself Handbook is, why you created it, and how it can help people. Let's let's relate it to kind of health and fitness, how it can relate, how it can help people to create healthy habits and healthy routines. You know, when I started writing this, I, I wanted it to be for everyone. I wanted to uh, kind of present as many issues as I could present. And that's where the, 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 the wellness, the health, all that kind of stuff comes in. Because what happens is you get into various programs and they're good and their, their benefits last for a while. But what happened is they didn't hit enough places, enough things inside us. Uh, so that we didn't have really enough strength, enough ammunition to go at it and do it. So example, um, to answer your question, um, per, I, I do a lot of work with weight loss also. People will come in and say, okay, you know, I'm five foot eight, five, five feet eight, eight inches tall, and I weigh 270 pounds. I say, okay, what do you want to do with it? And how are you willing to work? I'm ready to go. Okay. All right. So now, if it, you know, we can talk about the diet, we can talk about exercise. I said, okay, now you start to walk a little bit, you start to challenge yourself and it starts to get hard. And the holidays come and grandma made those cookies again. And, you know, and all that stuff is challenging you. What do you think you're going to do? And they all say, well, I'm not going to, and then they do it. And then they start negotiating and saying, well, I'll just have one and before we know it, we're back into bad habits. I want people to go inside themselves and find the strengths they have. I want them to understand they're already there. We're just not using them. So when I work with people who are doing that and who could not, I mean, th this person I'm talking to was a woman and, uh, you know, she, she would love to cross her legs, but she'd have to reach down and grab her pants to pull her leg up in order to get it on top of the other one. Um, so we really put together a program. We talked about, uh, getting past comfort zones and how to challenge comfort zones when you're going to get, you know, a lot of the reason why so many people are unhealthy is they don't challenge comfort zones. They like to be comfortable and, and, and you can be, you can be comfortable and be healthy at the same time, but it's just getting to the point that you phase out all the other stuff. So we're getting honest. And we're slowing down enough so that we can think about a choice before we make it. Um, we're setting up goal. I, I mean, I do a whole chapter on goal grids and how to set up a goal. So when someone says, I want to change something, I want to get healthier. Here's, here is the way you can do that. The goal grid applies to any choice you're going to make. Um, we talk about 
how the body works and how emotions affect it. Because, you know, when you're trying to get healthy, emotions are a real progress killer. They really are. You know, it, it, yeah, exactly. Up and down and up and down. They're up and down. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I do a ch- one of the chapters in the book. It's, it's called um, um, I over E, intellect over emotion. I talk about emotions as being to your to your brain like a virus is to your computer. You know, you that computer is set to run on the good factual uh, information. And then a virus comes along and all of a sudden everything's haywire. That's what we do with our emotions. It's pretty simple. Do this and you're going to succeed. Then you say, I, I don't want to do that. And oh, I hate that. And why do I always have to? And then we start making excuses. And then a pure program that would have got us to where we need to go has now been contaminated by all this emotional stuff and emotions are fine but what i want to teach people to do is let's get all the facts and let's get let's get you going without the emotions in the beginning so when you are uh, initiating your program they're not beating you up go get emotional about good healthy stuff later but you know our first our first reaction is always to go emotional it doesn't matter what if you think about it anytime someone says something um, that's what we do and now you know, the press and, and social media, I mean, they're preying on that sort of thing. And we see something and the first thing we go is, listen, everybody's you know, angry with each other. Yeah. Get the emotions down, make a commitment. And, and, and when you talk about health, but I, I think I tell people is stop negotiating, stop questioning, stop procrastinating. Don't say I should get on the, on the treadmill today. I'll get there tomorrow. Yeah. Don't even think yeah. about it. You know, I, I'm I, I'm in my late 60s. I still work out every day. Before our, our session today, I was I have a training center in my basement, and I do an hour every day. I don't think do I want to today? Because the moment I ask that, I've already said I want to look over information that <laughs> may just get me out of it. It's an automatic. You know, I come home from the office in the morning. I have a couple hours. A couple. You know, one of them is down there, and that's what I do every day. Uh, manage diet accordingly. You know, don't put all the garbage. I mean, when it comes to physical health, it's don't put the bad stuff in, stay on the good stuff, uh, exercise, get some, get the right amount of sleep. You got that going. Well, you have like 80% of it right in your pocket. Yeah. And, and the second you start to negotiate is the second you start to, yeah, it's over. And and the thing is, I mean, what we do with our emotions is we, make ourselves feel guilty for things that we feel are bad that aren't necessarily bad. So you had cake, so you went and and had drinks with friends, so you didn't necessarily follow a plan, but that doesn't mean you can just completely fall off the horse, you know? Yeah, okay, we didn't go and work out today, but go and work out tomorrow. And don't go, oh, well, I'll do it tomorrow. Just do it. Just do it. You know, it's part of your daily routine. You missed a workout today, do it tomorrow. And it's not, it's not like it's the end of the world because you're consistently doing those things. Again, like we said, like we said earlier, it becomes, it becomes the norm. It becomes your routine. And you have now created this new routine. You've now created these new norms that you're doing every single day that, you're training your brain that is, is this is what we just do. So don't negotiate with yourself and say, uh, maybe I won't because the automatic answer is no. 
that's why you started. That's why that's why you did it to begin with. So, right. You know, and you're right. You fall off. You get right back on. You know. Um, you know. And and what you put in your body is such a, a huge part of of what you're doing. You know. Um, I you know people come in again. People with with weight issues, and I say, well, let me ask you this: How many times a week you go out to eat? It's usually three. Or it's how many times did you pull something out of the bag in the freezer and throw it on the train, stick it in the microwave or the oven? And uh, it's that quick stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. If you're going to do that and load up on carbs and chemical stuff, food and all those kind of things, you, you got to be willing to pay the price. Uh, so, you know, those decisions are part of that. Uh, when you eat, how much you eat, what you're eating, uh, you can still really enjoy your food. You just don't have to. In fact, your body will enjoy it more. It wasn't meant to have uh, flavor enhancers burst their way into your in, you know, into your mouth. It's just not. You, again, it's the same thing. Your 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 taste buds are well equipped to give you a pleasure when you eat. But what happens is, you know, these foods come along. Everything's enhanced to the point that it's three or four or five times what your taste bud needs, and it gets addictive. Sugar. And now, now you're at that threshold. So something, if I say, well, something sweet, have an apple. And they say, an apple? I said, well, you know how much sugar is in an apple? We're not going there, you know. <laughs> Let's have the cake with the frosting and the whatever on top because that's what our brains got used to. Right, right. Again, with the routines. <laughs> exactly. The, the mocha frappuccinos the venti mocha frappuccinos every morning <laughs> i don't do that no i don't do that <laughs> but just saying that, that i mean that's it's it's what people see as their norm they get up and they have you know the coffee with the extra chocolate and extra sugar and then that is your sweet and that's what your taste is for and that you know you're not seeing how much extra you're adding into your body and how much that routine affects what the extra weight you're putting onto your body or the extra stress you're putting onto your body. Not only does that affect you, your weight, but that also affects you cognitively. You know, it's affecting your brain function because you're, you know, not only are you adding extra caffeine, you're adding extra sugar, you're having that afternoon lull because you've just put so much into your body that your body just can't handle. And, you know, your your book also talks about stress and how to handle um, stress and also healthy routines. So, you know, how can you, how can you use the fix yourself handbook to deal with those types of um, fixes as well. You know, a lot of times the stress we have, we bring into our lives. We know we, we, um, we procrastinate. That brings a tremendous amount of strength. Uh, yeah, everyone. Life. <laughs> uh, we keep dysfunctional people in situations in our lives. Uh, we don't get healthy, you know, and, and there's, there's this thing that, you know, happens to the brain, the brain, always wants to adjust to whatever we're doing and that's that's its job and then after a while we don't realize that it adjusted to all the negativity all the toxic stuff that we do and we think so someone will say well you probably don't feel good and they say oh yes i do and then we work hard and we get them healthy and they say i can't believe i thought that was healthy back there because your your brain forgets what healthy is all about you know I, you know we were talking home and i said to my wife I understand what happens and how people get heavy, but 
for me, you know, if the belt gets a little bit tight, oh no, I'm done. I'm, you know, we're, we're going to take a few days and relax. But other people, I see them. I, I don't even know you, you. They're not bending down properly to even to tie their shoes, but they get to the point where that's the norm. That doesn't get challenged, and the brain is that accommodating. It wants to be. It wants to feel good, so it will continually allow us to do those things till we get to the point that it's not about toxic situations in our life anymore. We've become toxic. And we're able to live in those things. Uh, so, you know, uh, when it comes to that, I, I just tell people there's a very comfortable, healthy way to live. And it, I give them step by steps. Stress is huge. It affects every part of your life. It will kill you in the end. Most people that, you know, get to the point that we're talking heart conditions and, 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 and uh, neuroses and all, it's stress. Stress creates that environment in the body that invites all the diseases in. It attacks uh, all the various systems. The immune system takes a beating for stress, um, you know? And so we, you know, if, if we can reduce the stress and how do you do that? First of all, you identify where it's coming from, okay? It's, it's this relationship, it's that job. It's what I'm doing to myself at night. I know I probably, you know, I had a beer, that was okay, but I, and I, when I got to the recycling bin, I was throwing four bottles in. Well, you know, okay. You know, and along with that came whatever I did, you know, snack foods and things to go along with it. And I made that a routine. Well, it's going to come and get you. It has to. Uh, you know, most of that wasn't meant to go in your body anyway. That's an interesting question I ask people. Ask yourself what's meant to go in your body and put that. And that's when everybody stops. So I had one person come in. I said, lots of stress. Um, and we, we, we did a little food grid and came out to lots of sugar, caffeine was in the picture. Uh, and then they, and then they had that two or three o'clock lull. That's when the red bull went in. I said, okay, you got home and you had an argument with your spouse and you didn't want the kids to be around. And how are you sleeping these days? Well, either they're dying when they hit the pillow or they're not sleeping. One of the two, both of which are no good. So, you know, there's a lot of things you can do to, to deal with stress. Get that out of, out of your life, you know, things go a whole lot easier. Yeah. Well, and, uh, you know, like you said, it's your brain is so accommodating that a lot of times you don't even notice these things. Mm -hmm. So you're putting all this stuff in your body and you're doing this every single day. And then you add a little bit more and then you're eating a little bit more or then you're drinking the Red Bull in the afternoon. And you're not even you're not even really recognizing it or noticing it because it's just something that you're doing, doing, doing every single day. And I think, uh, you know, I had a client that that came to me and she was saying, you know, I I was doing really good and I was losing weight and, you know, I know my hormones are changing and I haven't been working out as much, but I just don't understand. I'm still eating really well. And, you know, I said, well, what about your food logging? Have you been doing that? No, I guess not. I guess I'll get, you know, you're right. I'll, I'll get back into that. And I said, okay, well, why don't you add, you know, add back a little bit of this and, and try this. But first and foremost, let's log your food again. And she comes back two weeks later and she was like, you were right. I was just eating too much. It's not what I was eating. It's how much I was eating because you're not recognizing 
exactly what you're putting in your mouth or exactly what you're doing. You just don't, you can see it. You might know, notice it, but really unless you're writing something down or unless you're actually knowing what you're doing, you really don't know what you're doing because your brain's not sitting there logging everything that you're doing every single day. It's going, yep, check. Okay, moving on. <laughs> We're fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> that pain in your shoulder's fine. Keep going. <laughs> you know. And, and I, I get all the various conditions. The guy that comes in with the gout, and I say, you know, how, how many times do you have meat this week? Not that well, many. <laughs> every every night, but I just had less. I said, no. <laughs> the doctor told you you can't eat meat. I mean, yours is that bad. Why why would you do it? I, I guess I, I say you know what's going to happen you're going to enjoy that meat which you tell me is this big but we both know it's this big and then you're going to say i'm in pain and i go right back to the beginning with these people and i say look how bad do you want to feel good you're right. not going to do it with all this negotiation and compromising and you know like you said did, did, did you did you journal no i didn't you know what that that wasn't i forgot that was i didn't want to i didn't want I, to <laughs> That's all. It's I, a choice. If I, if I do that, then I have to be held accountable. And that's another part when you right. talk about that I teach a lot of. You're, we need to help hold ourselves accountable to what we're doing. You don't give yourself permission to stop journaling if that's what's working for you. Right. That's part of your plan. Then that's what you do. You don't give yourself permission to say, well, you know, the football game's on. It's Monday, and uh, yeah, I'm going to probably have an extra beer or two because it's a football game. Well, yeah, but it was the football game yesterday, and that was professional. And then, of course, college football was on Saturday, and we know that, you know, I said, you're always going to find an excuse. You're either going to be a person that makes them or one that doesn't. Right. Pick, because you're going to reap the benefits or you're going to pay the price, but you have to know ahead how much you're willing to pay right and whether and it's you, whether it's physical whether it's mental whether it's stress related whether it's relationship related it's it doesn't matter what it is you you know you either make the choice to take the steps to fix the routines to do the steps that you need to do or you pay the consequences that's just kind of, that's just what it is <laughs> Yeah, and, and 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 really, I tell people it's a, they're simple decisions. You know, when I wrote the book, if you read the book, you say there's nothing new, but he just put it in a, in, a, in a, a format that says do it this way. You know, and what I do at the end of all my chapters, as you may know, is I give the steps. I say, okay, we're going to talk about um, anger, or we're going to talk about uh, stress. Here's all the information you need to know at the end of the chapter, which are only four or five pages long. Uh, here are the exact things you need to do. I don't mince words at all. I don't do it in counseling. I don't do it in the book. Uh, here, you do these things. It's going to work for you. And, you know, you got 36 chapters of do these things at the end. If you follow it, you cannot miss. It's impossible. But if you decide to, you know, well, you know what? I'm going to put this book, you know, I, I need to kind of keep the door you know, from closing. I'll stick it under <laughs> there. You know, it's not going to work for you. <laughs> that's that's all there is to it. Yeah. You know, I, if you want. I mean, it, it'll work to keep the door open. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> it, you know, I, it, it could work. Listen, that uh, I looked at what people wanted, 
They didn't want 30, 40, 50 page paragraphs. They weren't doing it. A lot of times they don't work. It's too wordy. So I, I cut it down. Here's the topic, whatever it may be. Um, and, and, and then here's the information you need at the end. Here is exactly what you do. And then if you forget, like the woman fell off, you go back to the book, open up that chapter and say, okay, three or four pages. I can read that in 10 minutes, 15 minutes. And there's my steps. And you, it's a reference book for you. So I think those are the ways to do things if someone really wants to do it. And, and, and other thing I tell people is please stop making getting healthy a chore. You're talking about the best thing you can do in your life. And you said it was horrible. <laughs> it should be fun. It should be fun. fun. It is fun. <laughs> Once you get healthy and you feel good, you get up every day and say, come on, let's go. That's the way to get up. And they get up and they say, oh, yeah, I got to do this. Today. I said, my God, how do you live like that every day? Well, you find know? something, find something that you enjoy. I don't enjoy going on the treadmill. That is not for me. It's not I, my thing. I don't want to do it. But find something you enjoy. Paddleboarding, walking, hiking, right. running, jumping jacks. I, who cares? Whatever it is. But find something you enjoy doing. And maybe you don't necessarily like eating healthy, in quotes, I'm putting in quotes, but eating healthy. You don't have to eat boiled chicken and salad and broccoli. That's not what it's all about. It's finding things that you like and enjoy to make life better. <laughs> right. It, it's good choices. It's right. not overeating. You know, people say that yeah, I eat till my stomach is full. I said, well, kind of not the way the anatomy works the the uh, that that's the full is felt in the brain not in the stomach you think it is Tra that's why you're training your brain in all these kinds of things you know don't eat the wrong things once in a while you want to indulge okay fine try not to eat late at night that you know that beer that's snacking the soda whatever it is you know try not to eat late night. watch your portion size if you must eat a, a little more uh a few more times during the day in smaller portions but but you know decide what you're you know, get educated about it that's another way i wrote the book get educated if this is the topic know everything you need to know about it people are trying to lose weight and they have no idea what what, what the body does with food go find out if, if you're having trouble talk to a nutritionist talk yeah. to someone who knows this and say okay fine let me make some appointments so i understand what this whole thing about food is and what I'm doing with it rather than, you know, just say, well, I went to Weight Watchers and they told me to do this and maybe it worked, but get, get help. Know it yourself. <laughs> you know it yourself. Get, get the help, get educated. Yeah, that's right. Understand what the food does in your body. So speaking of getting educated, what kind of people could use your handbook? Again, you know, I wrote it for everyone. Uh, it was one of the things that I that I uh, did in the beginning and the publishers all got a little crazy. And I said, they said, no, you can't write a, a book for everyone. What's your target audience? <laughs> you know, you know, self-help books, primarily 20-year-old uh, to 55-year-old women. I said, no, I'm not. How about all the rest? Are we going to just keep those people unhealthy? So I yes, it was everybody, really everyone did that purposely when I was writing the various sentences, whatever I said, this, I want everyone to be able to use it. Uh, so it doesn't matter where you are, who you are in your life, what, uh, uh, whatever you're doing, you can, you can benefit. If you can read and you can understand facts 
uh, what's written in the book pertains to all of us. We all go through all of these things. None of us don't get stress. It's there. You know, we we get anger. We we lie to ourselves. We you know we we, we negotiate when we shouldn't. We people please when we shouldn't. Whatever it may be, we envy people. You know. So I have all those kind of things in there, but I've also got the good stuff, how to be creative and passionate about your life, what what good pure love is all about and how you get to that point was another question I wanted to answer. I saw more things in print, you know, or hear podcasts, people say, you've got to love yourself. And I heard one of them say how you get there, you know, so I wanted to make sure that was there. If you follow what I'm doing, you get to the point that you love yourself enough to say, I'm not doing that. If I do that, that, because this is another reason why people do all these things. We don't care enough about ourselves. We just want to be happy in the moment. Let, let me be happy today and I'll deal with other stuff tomorrow. And it, it's just, you know, it's the hamster on the wheel every day. Feel good about yourself. Feel that you're worthy enough to, to do the work that when it, uh, as you do this every day, you're going to feel good. But you've got to make a decision that you really, really want this. It's not a lot of work, it just requires some changes. So if people are looking to help fix themselves, how do they find your handbook? They can go to my website. That's fostrigero.com. Type in my name or the Fix Yourself Handbook anywhere and they'll get you to the website. Uh, and it, you know, and we provide the links to, uh, to buy it there. There are excerpts from the book there. There's all the information about it and me. So you can really kind of try it on for size, which is something else I wanted people to do. Uh, to be able to see this is what it's like inside the book um so you know and amazon uh barnes and noble all the usual retailers have it. yeah and there's a list of all the chapters um in the book so you can see everything that it lists in there uh all the things that you can help to fix yourself and you can go one through 36 to see all the things that you need to work on because everybody needs to work on themselves no matter who you are no matter who you are we all need to work on ourselves that's for sure <laughs> yeah. but but make it an, an enjoyment get up every day and say you know what i can do this i'm going to make a little increment today i mean every day just make a decision to do something that's going to improve you just a little bit and have fun doing it you know this should not be drudgery <laughs> that's what we're trying to move away from yeah <laughs> We don't want to hate fixing ourselves. No, that's you don't want fun. to hate getting getting healthy and feeling good. I mean, that's you know, that's like, hey, I, I, I've got this great new place for you to go, and you wait. I just can't wait to get there. You're gonna hate it. I mean, what, what? <laughs> definitely. I've got this great place for you to go. You're gonna love it. Let's have fun every day. It's your life. <laughs> yes. Enjoy it. Exactly. It is your life, so please enjoy it. Well, so I will have the link. Um, for your website on there, uh, fostrogero.com and the Fix Yourself Handbook. Also, I'll link that. I'll link both of them. Um, yeah, thank you so much for coming on and sharing that with us. Uh, everything that's in it, everything that you put on there, I really, I think it's some great information. Uh, how to get healthy, how to take care of yourself, how to better yourself and your life and everything around you. So thank you so much for coming on the show today. It's been my pleasure. And for anyone listening, if you have any questions, there's a contact link on the website. I'm very good about getting back to people. I don't make you wait. And uh, if you have any questions, uh, by all means, Great. use the link. 
Great. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. And thank you everyone for listening today. Uh, if you have any questions, you can contact him or um, find the links and find his handbook. So thanks all so much. And we will see you all next week. Thank you so much for listening to the Fit Minute Podcast, Fitness for Real People, with your host, Gabrielle Mazar. If you would like more information on today's episode, you can find it in the show notes and on Gabrielle's website at www.destinationfitcations.com. Visit to keep an eye out for upcoming fitcations. Be sure to share the show, give this podcast a review, and subscribe so you won't miss an episode. Join us next week to hear more stories from people just like you. This has been the Fit Minute Podcast, Fitness for Real People with Gabrielle Mazar.